We are. Here, here's my uh, Mother's Day message. We're continuing about the Holy Spirit. And how many of you know, we all need that, amen? We need the Holy Spirit working in our... Let me just say this, and I mean this, I would not be doing what I'm doing now if it were not for the Holy Spirit. All right, I would have thrown in the towel a long time ago saying, I'm done with this. You know what? Uh, those sheep bite sometimes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's like, oh, that pastor, he's this. You know, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. But you know what? I've done this long enough to know that we got some biting sheep around. <laughs> Amen? So I would have been out. So uh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? It's such an important topic. And if you happen to miss last week... I'm just going to repeat a little bit of what I said because I really feel like this message is more about establishing a theology on the Holy Spirit, and uh, that word always scares some people, but I'm just going to give you this definition again. Theology is simply what you believe to be true about God. Now, how many of you know you can believe something wrong, and that's your theology, all right? That's what you think. Everybody has got a theology on God. Some of it was just created in some people's mind. How many of you know one of the commandments is do not make any image of God, any graven image? Sometimes we make an image of God in our own mind when we say, oh, to me, I think God is this, you know. He's a truck bed of flowers, you know, and just really everybody's going to be... Like, you can make up your own idea of God... But the reality for a theology to be valid, it has to be entirely biblically informed. Does that make sense? Like, it, it can't be my own opinion. It can't be, uh, uh, you know, what I think. We need to know what does the Bible say. So more than just uh, what you believe to be God, we want to develop a biblical theology concerning the Holy Spirit because there are views all over the place like I said, not what you think, not even what you taught, because uh, you guys have heard me say this. What if you were taught wrong? You know, what if, you know, I'm going to use my four plus four illustration, but what if you were taught that four plus four equals uh, 12, right? You're like, uh, wait a minute, that, uh, that's not true. Well, that's what I've always been taught. You know, that's what I've always believed. Sometimes we got to leave behind what we've been taught to find out what God's word says. Amen. That's what we want. Amen. So, let me move on here. Part of following Jesus is learning to live a lifestyle where we begin to put others first. And Pastor Colling just mentioned, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And then she said, love who? Yeah, your neighbors. We got to love others. Sometimes we, in order to love others, that means we have to sacrifice our own preference in order to see the kingdom of God advance. Amen? Does that make sense? And, and I know, why do I always got to sacrifice my preferences. Why can't somebody else? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't live that way? Amen. Amen. So, uh, I mean, he was 100% God, but he was 100% man. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way we are. So uh, he had to be tempted to do what he wanted to do and not whatever others wanted. That temptation had to be there. Uh, but guess what? He focused on others all the time. Amen. And I can't think of anyone that was a better example of living in others' focus than Jesus himself. I want to read just a few verses out of John that demonstrate that. Jesus says, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For what? I seek not to please myself, but whom? God who sent me. So he's not pleasing himself. John chapter 10, he goes, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. 
My sheep know me, and just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life uh, for the sheep. John chapter 12, listen carefully, unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself. Did I get it all on there? Yeah. Okay, many times, in the same way, anyone who holds on to this life, just as it is, destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. And how many of you know, he, ex- he demonstrated what that looks like. John tw- uh, 16, but I tell you the truth, it's good for you that I go away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, will not come. Jesus didn't say, oh, I've got to be here. No, he realized in order for things to happen the right way, i got to go. It's like, guys, I'd love to stay, but i got to go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Those are powerful words, amen, from a, a, a leader that was focused on other people. And, and sometimes I think we can learn a little bit about that. That, that our words need to be focused on other people's, not, not accidental, not random words. I want my words to make a difference, amen? amen. I want to make, you know, you never know when your final words are going to be, do you? Right. right, like, what was the last email you sent? Oh, man, you know what, I chewed that person out for that. Would you want that to be, what about your last social media post? What, do we want it to be encouraging? And listen, if any of you guys happen to be on social media and see me, mine are either I want people to be encouraged or I post pictures of my grandkids or I post something funny. That's it. You know what? So if you remember from me for being funny, I'm okay with that, but I'd rather you be encouraged. Amen? Amen. But that way of thinking really helps us focus on what really matters. And uh, Jesus had an opportunity after rising from the dead The scripture says that he was here for 40 days before he ascended into heaven, but there are only a few words in scripture that record what he spoke during that 40 days. I'm sure there was a lot. Wouldn't you love to hear? What else did you say? What else did you say? And I need to clarify because my kids pointed out something last week when I said Jesus' final words, and I quoted out of Luke, and they're like, well, what about the ones in Acts? And it's like, okay, so I stand corrected by my own kids. Some of you know. I'm okay with that sometimes, Uh, but here's the thing. So I got to go back and revisit this. That's why I've entitled this uh, Last Words. Uh, Luke wrote the book of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts. So I want to look at his last words out of the book of Acts. And it starts out, uh, verse 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave this a command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but do what? Wait. Wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. He says, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? With the last few moments together, powerful moments. you got to imagine this was powerful. He said something that I believe was hugely important, not just for his disciples then, but I believe for every follower from that day forward up to us today. Amen? Up to us today. And and here's the thing. He didn't tell them, hey, listen, I'm about to go away. Make sure you guys lead a moral life. He didn't say that. He didn't make sure you guys pray three times a day. Make sure you treat everybody with kindness. Now, all of those are good, right? We should do stuff like that. But what Jesus said, his final words, I believe were key on what they needed to know to really follow him and lead the church. And so he tells them in uh, verse 8, 
He goes, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my what? Witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then check it out, verse 9. Oh, right there. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So there you go. That was his last words right there. And I think about, think about all of the Gospels, if you've read them, all of the teachings Jesus gave, you know, all of the, the, the guiding, the leading, the instructions, the encouraging, sending them out two by two, all of that, his final word was wait. And he's saying, wait for the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can be what? My witness, not just in Jerusalem, but everywhere. And listen, the disciples, think about this. We kind of have an idea. If you have a little bit of an idea, they had no idea what that meant. Wait, I'm going to get baptized in the, in the who? The Holy Spirit. I've heard you talk about that. What is that going to look like? And can you imagine the discussion uh, that was going on? They didn't really understand much about the Holy Spirit. Jesus, they knew. Holy Spirit, I'm not so sure. Jesus, you've mentioned him. You said that you're going to send them. Uh, but what is that even going to look like? So I love in Acts chapter 2 really describes that, this moment. And, and, and I want you to get the timeline here because Jesus died at Passover, rose from the dead, right, at Passover. And the Bible says for 40 days he appeared to him. The uh, day of Pentecost is actually 50 days after Passover. That's the word, reason you get Pente is uh, for 50 days. So basically for 10 days... These guys are waiting. They found a room. It just had, there was nothing spiritual about it. You know, we talk about the, ooh, the upper room. It was just a room that was upstairs. And uh, that was it. They're like, okay, guys, we're here. You know, 10 days. What's going on? It's like, uh, he says, we can't go out and be a witness until we've been, received power. So they're up there waiting. And I don't know. We have no idea what the conversations were going on for those 10 days. But like, you know, after a couple of days, it's like, you feeling any power? It's like, no, I still feel the same, right? Well, let's keep worshiping God, you know? We're just waiting. We're we're waiting for God. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen? I don't know. I didn't get the book, so I don't know what's going to happen. But Jesus said, wait here. Wait here for 10 days. So we're waiting, you know, day seven comes along. Hey, what, what are you thinking? I don't know. Let's keep waiting. Finally, day number 10 comes, and it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they're sitting. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, whoa, like day 10, something is happening. We're hearing this sound of violent wind. And, and it says that what they saw, what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated, came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I mean, that. who would have given, like, I would have given anything to have been in that prayer room. That would have been, I wouldn't want to miss fire when you're speaking in what language? I mean, this is something that has never happened before. First time. And, and you know what? It wasn't just happening there. All of a sudden, there's a crowd gathering like, what was that noise up there? Something is going on. And, and I love, as you jump down to verse 7, it says, utterly amazed. They, all, these are the people that have gathered. 
Are all not these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears him in their own language? And it's like Parthians, Medes, Elamites, resident of Mesopotamia, Judea, and uh, all these other cities we can't pronounce. <laughs> they come, and uh, both Jews, converts to Judaism, Christians, Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. And, and I love how it wraps it up again. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? How many of you know today people are still a little bit amazed and perplexed about what is this Holy Spirit? What is this all about? You're one of those places. But here's the thing. If you'll notice, the disciples didn't just stay in that upper room enjoying this incredible service because it had to be awesome, right? I mean, last week, if you were here last week, we just had a great service, but they had an even better service. I mean, tongues of fire, wind, everybody, it it had to be amazing. They didn't just stay in there. They actually went out. Like, hey, we've been waiting for this power to be a witness. We got the power now. Let's do what Jesus told us to do. And uh, in verse 14, it says, Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice, and he began to address the crowd. Now, you see, uh, when the disciples received the power of the Holy Spirit, they knew they were supposed to be witnesses because that was the purpose of the power. Wasn't it? That was the purpose. And I understand. I mean, today, sometimes we lose sight of that. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, and I, well, let me just say this. I think one of the reasons the baptism of the Holy Spirit is misunderstood by so many people and in some circles it's actually taught against, is because of this. People have received power, but they've not followed through on the purpose. So think about that. I've received this power, but I'm not doing what the purpose of this power is. And I just want to make stress this, because the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not, let me just say not, so that you can speak in tongues. I'm like, wait, What? Now, speaking in tongues, great thing. I love it, but, and, and the Holy Spirit prays through us in a prayer language. We talked about it. We're going to talk about it again a little bit more. Uh, but how many of you realize that is not the primary reason? That's not the primary purpose. And let me tell you this one also. The purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not so that we can have a really good church service. Like we had a good service, right? We, I think we're having a good service today. But it's not just so that we can like, oh man, that was so wonderful, you know, high five, let's see you next week, right, for the next good service. That's not it. I mean, listen, there are some people, they don't feel like you're having a good service and there's, unless there's a message directed by the Holy Spirit. Those are great messages, or great services, right? I, I think it's wonderful when God speaks to us in that way. But can I just say this? If you make that the purpose, then you've taken really an outward-focused gift, and we've turned it into an inward-for-me-only gift. Does that make sense? Think about that. I mean, you see, God gives us these abilities. He gives us gifts. But when we refuse to use those gifts and we keep them to ourselves, then, friends, we're wasting our gift. We're, we're wasting it. And if you waste God... Here's the thing. If you waste God's outward-focused gift of the Holy Spirit, the consequences for others is eternal. Because they may never hear the gospel if you don't do that. 
The consequences for us is we miss the opportunity of being used for God. So it's a bigger uh, loss for those that don't hear it. And so the question I want to ask today is, are you responsible to God for the gifts you don't use? Anybody want to say, ouch, man? It it was pretty quiet in first service, too. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just telling you guys, I, I want us to understand God's gifts always, always are for a purpose. Amen? Always. And I know, I know we have a lot of excuses, a lot of reasons why we don't use the gifts. And, and it's like, you don't understand, Pastor Scott, I was hurt. If you've ever been hurt by somebody in church, can you raise your hand? And mine's up. Let me put up both hands, okay? I told you sheep bite, right? So uh, all of us, can I just say everybody has been hurt. Why is it? Because we like just bump into each other, right? We say things, we do things, sometimes without thinking, sometimes on purpose, whatever it is. Uh, But can I tell you, I can't go to God someday and say, God, I never used that gift because somebody hurt me. How's that going to fly? God's going to like, did you get crucified? (laughs) Well, it felt like it. No, seriously. Did you get nails in your hand? Right? Did you get, you know, here's the thing. It happens. We, that can't be an excuse. God's gifts, gifts are given in order to be shared, to use for His glory. It's an outward-focused thing. Amen? Amen? So here's the thing. Uh, the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be a powerful witness. Amen? Amen? So that we can share Jesus and His love, not just here, but all over the world. Right. And I want to say, if you have... That power, let me tell you, it makes it much easier. Yes, you can share Christ without, but I want to tell you, when you have the power of the Holy Spirit given, uh, man, let me tell you, it's it's awesome. It's like like if you had a chainsaw, and and I did this a couple of years ago. If I tried to cut a log with a chainsaw and not started, how many of you know I'm going to have a hard time? I mean, you could literally technically do it because it does have little sharp ends on it, but it's going to take you a while. But if you start that up, that's the Holy Spirit right there, beginning to move in your life and uh, giving you the power to do that. Amen? Amen. So let's get back to Acts. So uh, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, addressed the crowd, and uh, he starts speaking, verse 15, and he tells them, these men are not drunk, as you suppose. That means they probably looked a little weird. Am I right? And he says, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He goes, and this is what the words of Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. So I'm not going to read Peter's whole sermon. You can read it. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to jump down to verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucify, both Lord and Christ. So all the people are listening to this. I love the response. When the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts, and they said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What are we going to do about this? They're feeling the conviction. Guess what they're feeling? They're feeling the power of the Holy Spirit coming through Peter's words. Amen? And it's cutting their hearts. That's what it says. It says that they were cut to their hearts. Uh, let me tell you, I can, talk, I can try to guilt people all day long. It's not going to do nothing, right? But when you got the power of the Holy Spirit, like basically writing on your words, it can penetrate to the deepest places. Amen? Amen. 
And so they're like, i got to do something. i got to respond to this. And so Peter tells them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then, I love this, verse 39, we can't forget it, because he says this promise is for who? You. Okay, if you're next to somebody, point to somebody and say this promise is for you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. There are some people that say, no, no, this gift was only first century. It went away after that. But this one right here, he says, your children. This is talking generational. This doesn't mean just your first generation of kids. In In the Greek, it's actually talking about your descendants. So your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, your great 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 great. Let's just keep going down the line. And so he's saying this is for all generations, and it's not just one location. He goes, this is for all who are what? Far off, not far out, but it's for them too, right? I'm getting in the 60s here. For all whom the Lord our God will call. Amen. In that day, because of the power of the Holy Spirit working through Peter, 3,000 people made a decision to follow Jesus. That's awesome, right? Obviously, the promise was true. The Holy Spirit gave Jesus' followers the power to be a witness and tell others about Jesus. A few chapters later in the book of Acts, whenever you know, Paul's coming back, it's like, these are the men that have turned the known world upside down. A bunch of people that are uneducated. How did they do that other than the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. And let me just say, this prom- it's not reserved just for the disciples. Like I said, it's for everybody. It's for you. You, ha- you can have the same gift, the same power to witness that the disciples did. Amen. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, when we share this, you know, predictively, there's one of four reactions. And you may find yourself in uh, one of these four Uh, The first one, if you're a new believer, then your reaction might be this. Sign me up. I want that. I I want everything that Jesus has for me. I don't really understand, and I don't even care about the theology about it. I just want the gift that Jesus gave me. Amen? All right, that was me. When I first started going to church, it was like, I didn't, theology, I didn't even know what that word meant. So, uh, but it's like, I saw something, and I wanted everything that God had. Amen? Some of you here may already be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you're already doing this. You're witnessing, you're filled with His power, you're doing the things that God called you to do, and you're thinking, yes, I want other people to have that. I want other people to have that. Now others, hold on, don't get offended at me, because let me get through this, right? There are believers that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you're not using that power to share Christ. Okay? Here's the thing. You are enjoying the gift of God while ignoring the command of God. I'm just going to pause for a minute there because I know you may... I mean, I was a little uncomfortable writing that. Let me just say that, okay? Because even though I do share about Christ, I don't do it as much as I should. So this is... I've kind of stepped on my toes a little bit here too because sometimes we've been taught that the Holy Spirit... It's for my personal uh, uh, enjoyment and building up, and it's also so we can have good church, right? But now maybe you're here today and you're realizing, wait a minute, my theology directly contradicts the words of Jesus. And maybe you're thinking, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe I need to start obeying Jesus with that. Amen? Because the point 
of the power is to be that witness. Amen? Amen. Next group. Oh, well, I'm moving ahead of myself. Some of you might have been raised in a different church background, right? How many of you got raised in a situation where you weren't either taught about the Holy Spirit or you were told it was the de- of the devil? Right? Not the Holy Spirit wasn't the devil, but the gift of tongues, all of that stuff. A lot of, a lot of us have. You were taught against it. And, and you've been told, this isn't for you. It's not even available. I want to tell you, you may be a little confused. Don't worry. Uh, we're not going to do anything weird to you. Okay? I just want you to know that. We're not going to force you to do anything. But I do want to take a moment and address these four different groups. So number one, if you are a believer that's been filled with the Spirit, don't ever, and you're sharing your faith, don't stop. Amen? Don't stop. Amen? Keep doing it. Keep using that power for its purpose. Don't ever get trapped in that, that, that process of just living for yourself. Follow uh, uh, that other's mentality that Jesus had. Hey, listen, I'm here on this earth to share my faith with other people. Right? I want to worship God. I want to enjoy God's presence. But I want this message to get out. Amen? If you're new to following Jesus, I encourage you to ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit. Uh, You don't have to understand all the theology. The disciples, like I said, they didn't understand any of it. I just want to encourage you. Pray. Say, God, I want everything that you have for me. That's what I did. God, I want everything. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Accept the gift that that God has promised. Number three, if you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you haven't been using it, then uh, how many of you know that's time to say, God, I'm sorry? Repent of not using it, ask God to forgive you, and then begin to say, God, help me to begin to take some steps of faith. Help me. Let me and let me just say, when you share your faith with other people, the Holy Spirit doesn't take your mouth and make you start talking. How many know you sometimes you've got to overcome whatever the fear, apprehension, and just like jump into it. Like when you jump into a cold pool, it's like you just gotta go for it. And here's the thing that I'll promise you: the Holy Spirit will start giving you the words. All right, scriptures will start coming, and, and it's like, and you'll be at the end, at the end of it, you're like, whoa, that was so good, where'd that come from? And it's the Holy Spirit. So uh, uh, last week, an individual came up and was like, I just want to be used of God in every possible way, and then on Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember what it was, I got a text like, man, the Holy Spirit showed up. So I asked Robert, if you can come up here, Robert, I want him to share a little bit about what happened last week, and... Uh, there is a microphone right there on the front, front pew, so uh, you're going to have to come up here so they can catch you on the microphone. There's a, a bottom on the bottom. There's a little on. There you go. Um, all right, so I, can I pray for you? You can. Um, Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. Not me, not anything I did. Not even in a, um, just, it's not me, God, it's you. Lord, I just pray right now, as I've been praying, that your boldness, your church, your people, your children, Lord, that we don't let the spirit of fear come over us, but we let the boldness of the Holy Spirit Amen. move Amen. us. Amen. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing, uh, uh, for refreshness in the Holy Spirit, Upon everybody that is listening, that is here today, Lord, I pray to every step that we take. Yeah. That we just, we're here on this earth to glorify you, God. Not, my, not myself, not anything. I, I'm doing this, I'm praying right now because it wasn't me. 
Yeah. It's not me. Yeah, it's it's God. Yeah. Cause um, so anyways, like Pastor was saying, um, um, I just been seeking God, man, and let me tell you. It's not seeking God when you feel good, when you feel like it. Even when he, you know, the Holy Spirit enters your house and you're seeking him. I feel good. I get these goosebumps. God said, man, seek me. Yeah. When you feel horrible, when you feel down, when you're struggling with sin, just run to me. Come to me. So a while back, I made a decision, I'm sorry, I made a decision to seek God no matter what's going on in my life. Like really, like no joke, like let's not play. And so I told the Lord, I said, you know, use me, man, use me, like use me. And he's like, well, you know, just start praying. Everywhere you go, anybody you see, any face that comes in front of you, just start praying, just start praying. And so... Um, last Monday I woke, um, I was up, it was probably about five or whatever. And I'm sitting there like, all right, God, you know, um, I just want to do your will. You know, I'm here to preach the gospel. I'm here to share the word of God. I'm here to share your love. He said, well, the HVAC guy is coming today and I want you to, um, to love on him. I want, he's going through a lot right now. And I said, and let me tell you, this ain't, this isn't the first time, not at all. But no matter, God, I always get that nervous, like, come on, are you serious? Are you sure? Are you sure? I don't mind asking God, are you sure? Because this is the way I am. And so he's like, yeah, he's coming. He's got, all, he's got a lot going on. So anyways, the HVAC guy shows up. He's checking my air conditioner. And we're talking. And he starts telling me about um, the air conditioner. And then we sit down on my couch for some reason. I go, Hey, to be honest with you, I know you're here to look at my air conditioner, but um, God told me to pray for you this morning. So I have to pray for you. That's, that's where we're at. And so I, I didn't give them, I don't give anybody an opportunity to say yes or no. I don't, I don't there's no opportunity. Like we're just going to do God's will no matter what. So anyways, um, we're sitting there um, and he says, man, that's crazy. He said, I'm going through a divorce right now. Me and my wife split up. Um, I'm taking care of my family's kids because everybody left all the kids. And I'm doing everything I can. And he goes, but I have anger. I got a lot of anger. got a lot of frustration. And, and he, you could tell he's like, man, as he's talking, Man, I hear the Holy Spirit, man. He needs healing over this anger. He needs healing over his childhood. He needs healing over um, his thoughts and, and all the things that are going on in his life. And so I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm listening to him talk. And I share my testimony. I said, man, I went through that divorce. I, I raised three kids by myself as a single father. Um, I did that, bro. I know. I, I'm with you. I'm here with you right now. Right? And so we ended up praying and stuff, and, and, and um, man, it was awesome. It was awesome because I said, you know, the Bible says believe. Yeah. The Bible says believe. Right. There's nothing, just believe. 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 He said, you want to know something crazy? You're the second person today that God sent to me 
to talk to me about Jesus. Amen. Amen. So just, I just want to encourage everybody that no matter where you're at, where you go, family, friends, if you're not sure, pray. Yeah. Pray before. Pray while you're talking to them. You don't have to say it out loud, but just in your head, man. Be praying for people, man. Amen. We are in the last days. We're in a time where people are hungry. People, they, they, they don't know what to do. And they're going to crystals and trees and energy and vibes. Man, we got the true power. We got the power Amen. of the Holy Amen. Spirit. We Amen. serve a mighty God. Amen. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Amen. We're hugging each other. We almost both went the same way. I don't want that to happen on camera, right? <laughs> I got to recover that. Anyway, thank you. I mean, that's exactly it. It's like he had to actually open his mouth. You know, yes, you may still feel that, but that intimidation, but God, God, the Holy Spirit goes before you. Amen? I mean, uh, you know... Some of the ways, because, you know, we're up here at the church most of the time, but we have like a consistent, I have a consistent habit. I go up to the, the uh, convenience store, and we get a soda almost every day. I've been there so often, I get them free almost all the time, so they got my business. And uh, they're like, oh, go ahead, you're good. But I've been able to develop a relationship with all the people that work in that place. And when there's no other customers around, I always take a moment just to encourage them, share with them. I've given them little cards, you know, scriptures on it, and they know who I am. And it's like, you know, if they're, they're busy, I'm not going to be like, hey, listen, we're going to talk about Jesus here. And, and even the gal that cuts my hair, I've been going to her since we came to uh, uh, this area. And, you know, over the time, slowly getting to know her, uh, she's got two boys, and uh, I, we find out a little bit, she's the same age as my daughter, so, uh, but I have conversations, she knows who I am, and all the spiritual conversations we've had over the years, she now asks me, so what do you got going on this week? What's going on at your church this week? And, and I think it's awesome because, you may not, I mean, her husband was raised Jehovah Witnesses, so they don't do anything. I'm like, man, that, I don't understand how that happens, but uh, no birthdays, no Christmas, no, and she wants to, but she's hungry, and, and, and she's always asking me questions, and I mean, I was there Friday, and probably for a half hour while she's cutting my hair, uh, I'm just, I mean, just scriptures are coming out, and I'm encouraging her, right? Let me just say, in this life, nothing else matters, amen? Make sure that I've got my relationship with God. But God wants us to get this word out, amen? amen? And how many of you know the reality is if is as a whole church is doing that and, and walking that obedience, how many of you know we will not have empty seats in here? Because people are like, I, I want to know. Not, here's the thing. We say not everybody you talk to is going to come. We're not responsible for making anybody a Christian. You know that, right? What are we called to do? We plant and we water. Exactly. Only God can make it grow. So having a conversation with your HVAC or the convenience store or whoever you happen to come in contact with, all you're doing is you're planting a little seed. Sometimes you're throwing a little water on a seed that somebody else planted. Amen? And a little bit more water. And what happens eventually, amazing thing happened, is a new life is born again in him. Amen? Amen. So uh, one other thing, uh, if you have, I was talking to the four different groups, if you've been, if you've been raised 
and to believe that the Holy Spirit wasn't for you, I want to challenge you to open your heart to God and His promise. Amen? The Holy Spirit gives you power to witness. That is the ultimate purpose. And can I say, that's not controversial, is it? Oh, the Holy Spirit gives you power. No church that you ever go to is going to argue with that. Though what people struggle with is the other thing that happened in Acts chapter 2, where all of a sudden they began to speak in a language that they didn't know or understand. And we call that speaking in tongues. And according to Scripture, a sign that someone has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that they have this ability to speak in an unknown tongue, right? And listen, uh, whatever your theology, it has to be based on Scripture, right? Not experience. I know a lot of time it's like, well, this has been my experience. We all have different experiences, am I right? How many of you got, you know, I bet your salvation story is different than this salvation story. And it's like, no, this is how it happens. No, no, this is how it happens. No, this is how. If we start basing all of our theology on our experience, then we have what we have today going on in our world. Everybody's got crazy ideas of who they think God is. It's got to be based on Scripture. Now, I know that when that happens, there is frequently other spiritual reactions that accompany receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the one common denominator in Scripture is that they all spoke in other tongues. So uh, it's the primary initial physical evidence that somebody has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, well, Pastor, I don't agree with that. Okay, well, I'm just telling you what Scripture says. What the Scripture says. Too many, uh, and here's the thing. Sometimes I've heard this. Maybe you've heard this. Do I have to speak in tongues to be a Christian? Anybody ever hear that? They're worried because some churches are out there that teach that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not going to heaven. You realize that, right? And let me just say, there's no scriptural support for that. Nothing in the Bible. Your entrance into heaven is based on one thing. Accepting Jesus, putting your trust in his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his soon return. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin, for the payment. Amen? Amen. That's, that's it. It's, heaven is not based on if you've been a good enough person. Oh, I've got to be good enough. No, it's not that. It's not how much money you've given to the church. It's not even how well your attendance is. Or if you've spoken tongues, here's the bottom line. Heaven is available to each of us only because of the price Jesus paid. Amen. Amen? That's it. That's the bottom line. So a better question than coming up and saying, do I have to speak in tongues? Is uh, do I get to speak in tongues? Amen? Do I get to? Because it is such... Here's the thing, if you've never experienced that, it's such a powerful tool. In your quest of being a lifelong follower of Christ... It's, it's amazing, and, and we talked about this verse, and we'll probably talk about it again, but Romans 8, 26 says, The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Is anybody ever weak? Look, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Anybody ever been there? All right, sometimes we, we, we kind of figure out, oh, give me the details of what I need to pray for, and, and you don't really know, and it's like, then we're praying for an answer that that might not even be the right answer because it's based off of whatever somebody's saying. And so we don't always know what to pray for. But I love this. It says that the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. When you are praying in the Holy Spirit, my mind has no idea what I'm praying. 
but God does. The Holy Spirit is interceding through me. So that, that is a powerful thing. Uh, if you've never experienced it, and if you're fairly new here, I know you may be thinking, Pastor Scott, great, you've gone wacky on me. I, they told me if I came to this church that this was going to happen. You, you know, I was warned. But I want to encourage you to stay with me because some of you might be saying, you know what, I've been looking for something a little deeper. Amen. Amen. Something that would propel me to that next level spiritually, like I've been down here, and you may not completely understand it, but you want whatever God has for you. Amen? So let me just show you a couple of things out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Oh, did I even? I think I skipped that. You probably have that in your notes, so I'm going to pause for a minute. Speaking tongues, it's a personal prayer language where the Holy Spirit speaks through you to God. That's a mystery, isn't it? Like, how does that happen? So uh, let me go back, let me go to Corinthians now. Uh, Now to each one of you, the manifestation of the Spirit, something is manifest, it's physically evident, people can see it, right, is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. Now how many of you guys like wisdom? Right, we like wisdom, right? To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith. How many of you, we like faith? To another, the gift of healing. How many of you guys believe God still heals? To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing or discernment between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of what? The one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. So I believe God still gives wisdom. I believe he still gives knowledge and discernment and faith. Amen? And here's the thing. If I still believe in some of those gifts... Isn't it only natural to assume that the whole list is still available? You can't like pick and choose, well, not this one and not this one, but this one's good. Right? We'll keep this one right here. Of all the gifts, think about all the gifts that are there, why is speaking in tongues so controversial? Have you ever thought about that? Like, have you ever heard somebody say, yeah, I don't like to go to that church because they got wisdom there. Too much wisdom. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that. Or, or healing, healing in faith. Oh, you know what? That church, they, they think God still heals today. I don't want to go to that church. They might actually pray for me and believe that God's going to do it, right? No, we, we, we're good with some of them. So why is it that tongues is so controversial? And let me give you just a couple of reasons. Because in some circles where the gift of the Spirit, you know, uh, where's their wisdom, knowledge, all of that, all of those other gifts get de-emphasized. People they don't really talk about it. What they have done is made tongues the main point and basically the entire purpose of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that's not biblical? It, it really isn't. Uh, what I love about the Holy Spirit, there are many purposes the Holy Spirit plays in our life. Many different gifts. Next week, uh, I don't, don't miss it because we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Hopefully give a little bit of understanding there. But let me say, when only the speaking in tongues is emphasized, I believe overall it weakens the doctrine or the theology of the Holy Spirit. If you think that's all it is, listen, let's just say we want all the gifts, amen? Can can we all say that? Say we want all the gifts, amen? Like I want everything that God has. So another reason it's a little controversial is because even though some have spoken and, and put too much emphasis others have completely taught against tongues and even calling it a work of the devil like oh yeah that's of the devil anybody let, any, anybody ever hear that 
That's of the devil. Again, no place in Scripture. There's not a Bible verse that you can quote that, that says anything like that. Another reason, and this is, I'm just getting real with you guys. Is that okay? Some people struggle with speaking in tongues because they have seen people do weird things in church. Am I right? Let me tell you, when I first started going to a church that believed in that, I, I remember going home and my mom's probably watching and she goes, oh no, you're going to one of those holy roller churches. I had no idea what that even meant. It's like, has that anything to do with bowling or something like that? What that meant is like, like, I guess that was kind of a derogatory term. Oh yeah, people roll in the aisles. Well, I've been going to Assembly of God Pentecostals. I've never seen anyone roll in an aisle. Unless you want to, then I can never say that again, but... Let me just say, I've seen weird things happen in church. And, but what I want us to understand is like what we may consider weird. If you think about a holy God, His Holy Spirit coming down and interacting with our flesh, how many of you know sometimes we're going to act a little different? It may seem a little bit weird. Why are you so vocal? Why are you getting so excited? It's like when, when our flesh is, is encountered by the Holy Spirit, oh my goodness. And I just want to say, that's okay. Wonderful thing. Yeah, that's okay. But, le, but let me ask you this. When it comes to weird people, how many of you know weird people are everywhere you go? Yeah. How many of you, you went to school? Did anybody go to school and there were some weird people in school? How about at work, you, you know, your job? Has anybody gone to work with something? Man, that guy's just weird, right? He's doing weird things, like grocery store. Anybody ever gone to Walmart and find some weird people? No. I mean, they have a whole uh, Facebook website to weird people at Walmart. I think that's a requirement also. When I go to Walmart, I just put my pajamas on. No, I'm just kidding. So. I'm just kidding. At hospitals, anybody ever see weird people? That, how about health clubs? Oh, my goodness. There, there's always the guy that likes to do his flexing inside the mirror and grunting and stuff like that. It's like, dude, you're weird. Airplanes, anybody ever see a weird person on an airplane, right? I mean, come on. People do weird things. And, and probably you're a little bit weird to somebody else. It's just there. Sometimes people do weird things and they blame it on the Holy Spirit. But, oh, that was the Holy Spirit. No, that brother, that was you, right? So, uh... All you, right? But what that does is sometimes cause us to doubt. But let me just say this. Don't let weird people invalidate a gift from God. Amen? Does that make sense? So I had too much fun on that point, but I'm going to move on. So uh, here's the thing. Another reason people struggle with speaking in tongues is just say, I don't understand it. All right? I don't understand it. And, and, and I understand that because it cannot be completely explained. I can try with all of my words. I can't explain it. How in the world can you explain that you're able to pray in a language that you don't know? Yep. How can I explain that? I mean, there's a lot of things that we do that we can't explain. I can't explain how I can talk into this microphone and, and somehow through the air, and I know, oh, radio waves, whatever. You know, I, 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 uh, I hear that, but it doesn't make sense to me. And it's going back there into the sound booth, and then it does its things in the wires there, and it comes out into these speakers here, right? And then, uh, and, and then it gets hooked to a, a link going up to Starlink, a satellite up there, and it gets transmitted all across the world on, our, on the Internet. I mean, I understand 
I can, ex- I can say, but I don't understand that. Right? How, how? Who figured that one out? That's what I want to say. But anyway, you don't have to understand everything because in Scripture there are some things you're not going to understand. If you have to understand it all, you're going to miss a lot that God has for you. Amen? The Bible indicates that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's available to all believers. Amen? And I'm not asking you to understand all the deep theological implications. I'm just encouraging you to be open to whatever God has for you. Amen? So let me, uh, let me, let me share a story with you. I heard this not too long ago from a missionary in Rwanda. Uh, how many of you remember back in the early 90s there was the ethnic war in Rwanda? They did a movie, uh, Hotel Rwanda, and it was between two tribes, the Hutu and the Tutsis. And... Uh, That's an interesting name right there. But here's the thing. It was like a hundred-day war, and in that hundred days, over 800,000 people were killed. That's crazy, isn't it? A hundred days, most of it with machetes, uh, women, children. It didn't matter who it was, and not one other nation intervened. Not the U.S. We didn't intervene. Now today, it was almost 30 years ago, in the Assembly of God churches in Rwanda, they have people whose families uh, were killed worshiping side by side with the people that killed their families. Think about that. That's a level of forgiveness I can't even imagine. I, I can't even imagine. And they interviewed one of the pastors there who had lost several family members. When he came back to his village, he wrote an open letter to his community. He said, They killed my family. And they destroyed my home, but I forgive them. Wow. And within three years, his church was running over 300 with the Hutu and Tutsis worshiping together. And so they asked this pastor about forgiveness, like how, how his people were able to obtain that level of forgiveness. And this is what he said. He pointed to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He says, we emphasize the baptism in the Holy Spirit because when you receive power, it is a healing power. That power gives us the power to forgive. And today, we are not Hutu or Tutsis. We are all Rwandans. Amen. That's powerful. I mean, let's be honest. You and I, I mean, you may be here. You're having struggled just to forgive an ex of something they've done. All right? You may be harboring resentments against somebody for something they said, something they did that hurt your feelings. Uh, They have forgiven people who have murdered and raped their families. When I see that, I'm like, man, I want that kind of power. I want that kind of power. We need, can I just say, we need that kind of power in our lives. We need it in our church. We need it in our country. Uh, We need that power to forgive others. So it's not just about witnessing. It's so that I can have my connection with God. Didn't Jesus say, if I can't forgive others, then guess what? I won't be forgiven. I mean, there's some dirty, rotten scoundrels in our lives. Am I right? I, I say that, and you can think of several of them already. And it's like, you may have tried to forgive. You may have tried to forgive. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to actually do that. To actually walk in that. So, uh, you know, one of the things, because times have changed, uh, church, we used to do Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. How many of you guys remember that? 
Let's be honest, we're lucky to get people here on one service a week, right? Sunday morning, that's just where our culture is, whether I like it or not. So I I really sense like the Lord, we need a time where we can just seek God without feeling like we're rushed for lunch, we're rushed for this. Every Thursday night, we do a Thursday night prayer, and we got about 10 or so people that come to that. Listen, I encourage you to come if you can, but one, one Thursday night out of the month, at least for right now, I want to take a time where we just focus on people not taking all the different prayer requests, but going to have some worship and, and just come for a fresh feeling. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to come. It'll be a time. I'm not going to preach. We're just going to open it up with worship and and pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you need a fresh feeling from him. Amen. How many of you know sometimes we need a fresh touch? If you read Acts chapter 4, after they received threats and everything, don't preach in the name of Jesus. You know what they did? They went back to God and they said, God, give us boldness. They didn't say, oh, deliver us from our evil friends, you know. They said, no, give us boldness to speak your name. Because isn't that the purpose of the Holy Spirit? And so you may just need to come on Thursday and say, God, I just need a refilling of your Holy Spirit because I need that boldness again to do the things that you've called me to do. We live in a world where there are so many people that are lost and dying. They need Jesus. And we're sitting back like, oh, yeah. I mean, we handed out those. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. We handed out those invite cards for a couple of weeks. I'm not going to ask you, did you give even an invite to anybody? I'm not here to throw any condemnation. I'm just saying we, our responsibility, Jesus said before before he left, I want you to be my witness. Aren't you glad somebody told you about Jesus? Oh, my goodness. That friend that I mentioned earlier that I know his mom was praying for me. If I didn't have that friend in my life, I don't know if I would be serving God now. I don't know if I would. So we need people to come. I want to pray for you guys. And, uh, and we're going to close uh, after that. If you need prayer after, you can come up. Uh, but if you're needing an out- in- outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to encourage you to, uh, to come Thursday. Okay? Unrushed time. Spend some time. But for those of you that have been baptized and using that, just continue. Amen? Keep continue. For those of you who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit but you're not using it, uh, yeah, ask God. God, forgive me. Lord, I want to be used of you. Give me those opportunities this week. And when they come, let me begin to actually open my mouth. Amen? For those of you that are new, first time here, uh, just begin to ask God. God, I, I want everything you got. And for the other group, those that have been taught that this isn't for them, not for today, uh, just simply read God's Word and allow God's Word to change your mind on that. Amen? Because, God, we just want everything that you have today. Can we just say that? God, we want everything you have for us. Lord, I thank you that this is not a show, Lord God. This is not a... Uh, oh man, you're one of those church things. Lord God, it's just taking everything that you have and using it to see this world come to know you in a wonderful way, Lord. Father, this is for the salvation of our kids, Lord, our family members, our moms, our dads, our neighbors, our co-workers, Lord God, the people that we encounter, Lord God. We are the only hope that some of them have. And so, Lord, I just say, fill us with your power again, oh God. Fill us with a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit 
so that, Lord God, when we go into our world, Lord God, that you are going with us. And Lord God, you will begin to quicken our minds with words, with verses, with insight, Lord God. Lord, only you can do that. So Father, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you, Lord God. Lord, we bless you. Listen, if you're here today and you have not given your life to the Lord, I don't want to pass this opportunity up because you don't get access to the Holy Spirit until you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. We got that, right? So if you're not serving Him, or maybe you feel like you've drifted away, and you want to say, God, I want to make a fresh commitment to you, excuse me, can you just raise your hand and just say, God, I want to make a fresh start with you today. Amen. God is all about fresh starts. So just in your own words, just say, God, I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you. Help me to follow you, Lord God, in every aspect. And that means to be filled with your spirit. Lord God, to wait until I've been filled. Lord, if it takes 10 days of tarrying before you, Lord God, I want to do that until I've been endued with that power from on high. So, Father, we thank you. We commit this time to you. Lord, you are good. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.